Hello, fam, and welcome back to another episode of The Gear Room. I'm your host, Drew. This week's episode, I will be discussing Nemo Arms, entry into the shotgun market, Cabot Guns, National Standard Pistol, Christensen Arms, Modern Precision Pistol, and Bergara's new competition rifle. This episode is chock full of news for this week's podcast, so let's gear up and dive right in. Before we start this week's podcast, I want to thank everyone for your support. If you like this podcast, hit the subscribe button, leave a rating, and drop a comment. If you think I'm doing a good or bad job, let your voice be heard. Thank you again for your support, and let's get into this week's news. first article on this week's podcast is going to be about Nemo Arms. Fo. Fo. So, not, we're not talking about being me soup. My bad on that one. So, when it comes down to Nemo Arms, for many people who don't know about them, they're a pretty big name in the industry, uh, especially when it comes down to p- building uh very well-built AR15, AR10s. They usually lean in bolt action. They usually lean on the side of very I would say Gucci, but they're very precision based rifles. Uh, they make a lot of DMR style rifles. And uh, like, I think they also make bolt action rifles. If I remember correctly, uh, but they're very Gucci. They're very nice, well-built rifles. Uh, they build them from the ground up. Everything is proprietary to them. It's all internal. It's like buying a BCM rifle or whatever. You can buy their components separately when they have them in stock, but when they're usually in stock, they go fast. Uh, if I remember correctly, they're based out of Utah or Colorado. I can't remember which one to see the one of the two. Uh, but they're well, well known within the industry for making exceptional uh, AR-15s and AR-10s and bolt action rifles. Now, what's interesting about this whole thing, I'm a big fan of Nemo. I've always wanted to uh, buy some of their, I want. I always wanted to buy their upper and lower receivers to build a rifle uh, around because uh, I think they have wonderful products. And what I've read uh, about their products, they have really high uh, tolerances. So everything's going to be super, uh, super nice and snug and tight. And then over time, it'll work into that, uh, that uh, it'll work into that, uh, those variabilities of tolerance. But the tolerance is very tight. And I like that. I like a well put together gun. Uh, I've always seen that uh, the AR-15 and the AR-10, they are at a moment of refinement. Um, we need to... I want to see what people can do with the AR-15 and refine it to uh, just refine it and fine tune it to d- down to its uh, its absolute perfection. I don't think we're in there anywhere, anywhere near there yet. But Nemo Arms is on the right track and a lot of other companies that are taking AR design and build quality to the next level are doing that. Uh, because the difference between shooting a $600 rifle and a $2,000 rifle are nine day experiences uh, from a person who has shot various rifles. Uh, I do custom builds on my personal rifles. All my rifles run me about $1,500. The most I've spent on a rifle is my DMR that I built, chambered um, in a 224 Valkyrie. But uh, I would like to see what they're doing. But the thing about uh, Nemo, as I'm going off on my little rant here, uh, Nemo Arms is starting a shotgun line. So I'm very interested to see what they do with their with this shotgun line. Now the, these shotguns that they're doing are very old school style. They're over under shotguns, uh, so that's pretty that's pretty interesting that they went kind of like an old school mindset with it and aesthetics. Um, but I'm interested to see 
how wonderful the build quality is of these Nemo rifles. I mean, these Nemo shotguns, I should say. So uh, the article is coming from the firearms blog and the title of the article, the headline is Nemo arms introduced over under shotgun line. So Nemo arms, a company probably known for manufacturing AR pattern rifles and their recoil reducing BCG slash buffer systems has entered the market uh, entered the market of double barrel shotguns. According to the company, their new line of over-under shotguns will tie in nostalgic features of classic shotguns that we all know and love with the added modern twist of Nemo's revolutionary technology. These shotguns are apparently made made from made for Neo Arms by Italian Bedensoli. I don't know if I'm uh, pronounce that Italian name right so I was wrong they only made AR pattern rifles so I apologize to that about you Nemo but I thought you made bold actions also uh but it's going like I said before it's going for that old school vibe so we're going old school over under shotguns they say it will tie in nostalgic features of classic shotguns that we know and love with the added modern twist of Nemo's revolutionary technology so I like that because like I said Nemo is usually ahead of the game uh they're made by uh, the Italian arms manufacturer. I think it's Bedensoli. All right, so that's what we know so far. But I'm already I'm already intrigued. Many of the metal components of the Nemo arm shotguns, action monoblocks, of four in hardware trigger guards and extractors, are made from forgings, which arguably make the part stronger compared to machining from solid blocks of material. The barrel the barrels are made of forty two uh chrome chromoly steel featuring laser engraving on the chamber slash monoblock area and are threaded for uh solely removable chokes the furniture is made of turkish walnut and and has an oil finish these shotguns are equipped with a five pound mechanical triggers manual safeties and barrel selectors uh they come in tsa tsa approved uh Nigerian, no, not Nigerian, Nigerian cases. Sorry, not Nigerian, Nigerian cases. So from from top to bottom, it seems like these shotguns are going to be well made, which I like. I'm a person that likes quality over, I guess you can say substance. Uh, you can give me a lot in a rifle, but if it does it, if it's not quality, well, if it's not quality built and made to last, nobody really cares. Same thing comes down with a shotgun. Um, I'm just, when it comes down to firearms, they've been around for so long and we've, we've tried to, in some ways we try to reinvent the wheel. I love when companies just stress quality and craftsmanship over anything else. Like these old school guns and these old school designs, they, they have a character to them that I like. Because there's more quality involved in them and more care and more and more depth and detail into them compared to uh, CNC machine stuff. Now, CNC machine stuff can get you a quality product a lot faster than doing it this old school way of, uh, you know, of building firearms. But what you get in return with these old school firearms, they get character, they get they breathe life into them. They're so unique, man. I, I like them in that way. Um and that's what I'm. I guess I'm looking for more when it comes down to uh, these uh, these these 
shotguns and when it comes down to even the AR-15, looking for that refinement. That's what I really enjoy. Uh, currently, the Neo Arm shotgun lines consist of four over-under models. Uh, the features described above are common across the line of Nemo shotguns. Below, you can find a list of the four models with model-specific features and MSRPs. All right, so the four models that you have is an NX Standard Case Harden, right? That's going to that's gonna be an MSRP of $1,800. I'm not $1,800, $2,800 because it's a... $2,799.99. So just round up that one cent and make it $1,800 for the shotgun. It's going to be chambered in 12 gauge, which is nice. I think all these are going to be chambered in 12, to be honest with you. Oh, no, we got a couple. We got we got one chambered in 20. All right, so the next one is going to be the, the NXL Lite 12, also chambered in 12 gauge. Uh, this one's going to cost you $3,100. All right, we have the NXL Lite 20, which is going to be chambered in 20 gauge. That is going to be $3,200. And then we have the NXS Sport Case Harden, chambered in 12 gauge, and that one's going to be $3,800. Um, and then it has a link to the website below and pictures of them. Um, these are just some very nice, beautifully, it has engravings on it uh, towards where towards the back end of the receiver, I guess you could consider, because I don't know um, shotgun nomenclature, uh, especially over under shotgun nomenclature that well. Uh, but I want to say towards the back half of the receiver, uh, I guess uh, on the back half of the receiver, the shotgun, it is beautifully and done graving and like um, metal uh, coloring uh, that's been done uh, bluing. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, two of them have beautiful bluing on them. And then another two have this beautifully done engraving and time taken to it. And that's what I'm talking about, man. That, that, that essence of stuff like that is what I'm talking about. That attention to detail and that work and that character that's been put into that, put into the shotgun, that stuff matters, man. I think people really dig that stuff. Now, are these shotguns for over under the arm and a leg? Yes. But they're also coming from Nemo. And to be honest with you, Nemo's nothing cheap. But what you're going to get out of it is an outstanding, an outstandingly well-built quality product that's going to last. So that's what you're going to get with Nemo. Uh, those are the four shotguns that Nemo is coming out with. I think they're currently available now. Uh, I don't know if they sold out their original numbers that they have coming, coming down the road. But if you're interested, I will leave a link to the article and to Nemo Arms. And that is pretty much about it for the first article. Next, we're going to get into Cabot Guns and their new 2011. All right, next up to bat, we're going to talk about Cabot Guns' uh, new national standard pistol. All right, so Cabot Guns is another manufacturer known within the industry for making high-quality and I mean high quality uh, 1911s. Um, probably uh, one of the best in the industry, to be honest with you. Um, I've never shot their 1911s. I've only heard wonderful things about them. Uh, there's a few 1911s that I haven't shot before from uh, different companies. I haven't shot a Nighthawk Customs, and I haven't shot a Cabot Guns uh, 2011, uh, not 2011, 1911. Uh, the main reason I want to cover this article is because 1911 Syndicate uh, 
who is a who's a who's a YouTuber uh, when it comes down to firearms. He had this very well written letter uh, from the owner of Cabot when he comes to when they were talking about why the twenty why the 1911 over the 2011. And it was beautifully written, uh, eloquently stated about the beauty of the 1911s. I the first fire, the, not the first firearm, the first pistol I ever shot was a 1911, and it wasn't a top of the line 1911. It was a like a fifteen hundred dollar 1911 uh, that I shot. Um, I think it was like a Springfield, like a. TRP elite or whatever, but I shot a really, really nice 20, 1911 the first time I ever shot a uh, shot a pistol. Uh, I've always loved 1911s. I've always thought they they are iconic firearms. Uh, one of two world wars, um, just a symbolism of American of, of American of Americanism. I guess I'm trying to say of America. Uh, I really love the I really love those pistols. Um, First time I ever shot a 1911, and then we'll get into Cabot's and about their uh, their national standard pistol. First time I ever shot a 1911, I had about 10 yards, had a standard target, and I put all of I put all the rounds in the red, like no with no questions asked. And that's with little experience shooting a pistol before. Also, uh, I only shot rifles in the Marine Corps. I never shot pistol. I know how to properly hold a pistol, but never had shot one before, especially I started off with 45, but that's the gun I wanted to start off with because it's so iconic in my mind. Um, and it was just an experience that has been unrivaled even till this day. There's no polymer frame or no striker fire pistol that can mimic or imitate the the beauty and the functionality of a 1911. Like the triggers, the simplicity of the trigger and its design and how clean and crisp the brake is and how beautiful it shoots and how it handles 45 so well uh to me you, you there there's there's no better pistol on the market than a 1911 but caveat to that um it struggled it has struggled in modern times to kind of keep up uh in the sense of round capacity and i think that's the only really knock i have against it uh but that's uh why 2011s evolved and we have the evolution of the 1911, which is the 2011. But uh, Cabot, like I said before, Cabot Guns makes some of the best 20, not no, 2011, some of the best 1911s on the market, probably top five manufacturer of 1911s on the market. I can I can easily make that. I can easily make that claim. Top five. I would probably put them in the top three uh, from the stuff I've heard and read about them and from other people who have shot their pistols. I could put them in top three. Uh, I would definitely put them in top five uh, when it comes down to manufacturers. So let's get into the article here. Um, it is also uh, from the firearms blog. It's the headline is Cabot Guns reintroduces the national standard pistol. All right. The article reads Cabot Guns has announced the reinduction of the national standard pistol made with a combination of precision machining and hand fitting. The pistol is advertised to be a benchmark that sets the modern standard for an American classic. Uh, let's see, let's see the features this 1911 packs. Okay, I like that. So they're saying this is the bitch mark for 1911 pistols, for the modern standard of 1911 pistols. And 1911s like manufacturing and 
the skill that it takes to make a, a well-designed 1911 is really incredible. Uh, because you have so many type of 1911s on the market. You have cheap 1911s that like, um, what well, I'm trying to think of, what am I trying to think of? Gosh, I can't remember the name right now, but you have like $600 1911s, um, it took three thousand, four thousand, five thousand dollar nineteen elevens, but that build quality between there is going to be so drastic that you understand the worth and the beauty of buying a four thousand, five thousand dollar nineteen eleven versus a six hundred dollar nineteen eleven. Um, so there's there's a wide range of quality between the two. And that should not be understated. There's Cabot saying this is going to be be the the standard. They're trying to set the benchmark for this the new standard for the American classic, aka the 1911. That's pretty dope. I like that. Cabot guns national standard pistols are are chambered in 45 ACP and 9 mil Luger, both uh both in government five inch barrel and commander uh 4.25 uh barrel sizes. The company calls. Their commander size pistol, full cycle commander, which means the decreasing length of the pistol is not done at the cost of shortening the slide stroke distance. Okay, interesting. I wonder what they mean by that. The company calls the commander size pistol full cycle commander, which means the decreasing, which means that decreasing the length of the pistol is done, is not done at the cost of shortening the slide stroke distance. Yeah, I don't know what they mean by that. It seems cool, but slide stroke distance. So is it going to maintain the same slide stroke distance as a full size? Or are you going to have like the same slide stroke distance in comparison to the full size government barrel one? but it's going to be shorter. Like it's going to feel the same, but it's not going to be the same. I don't, I don't know. That's, that's a little confusing to me. Um, I'm not into the manufacturing side of, of any firearm to, to that extent. I would like to build my own 1911 from, uh, with an 80% builder's kit just to have the experience to do that. And I know people that can help me with that, but yeah, I have no, I have no, no idea what they mean by that, but it sounds dope though. It does sound pretty cool. All right, so the National Standard, continuing with the article, the National Standard pistol features a match grade flush fit barrel with deep muzzle crowns and polished feet ramps. Uh, the frames and slides are machined out of out of billeted uh, 416 steel and go through a proprietary hardening process. The flat face, the flat side surfaces on the slide and frames are satin polished. That's nice. The slides have an anti-glare serration along the top flat and the ejection ports are lowered and flared the raised surfaces of cocking the raised surfaces of cocking serrations have additional fine art shaped cuts mm. nicely done um cabin guns national standard pistols come with the company's signature tristar triggers that have uh, serrated pads these pistols are equipped with uh, serrated u-notch uh, rear sights with rear sights and white dot front sights mounted in a reverse dovetail machine parallel to bore 
the smooth uh, figure walnut grips feature inlaid cabinet logo medallions. Uh, the main spring housing and front straps of the grips are checkered with the uh, rhomb rhombus pattern. Cabot guarantees that these pistols will print one one and a half inch groups at 25 yards. That's pretty good. That's actually really good, especially for 45. Huh. All right. Uh, the national standard pistols are shipped with two magazines, eight round mags for 45 base CP and nine round ones for the nine mil. Okay. That's nice. It seems like it's a really, really well designed gun. Um, it's just everything about it. I like the trigger. I like the serrations on the front end of, uh, but most 1911s do that. The, the serrations on the front end of the frame uh, along the grip of the pistol. And on the back, uh, the grips look nice. Uh, the, the grips look nice. The slide looks nice. I wish they would have did. Uh, I like what they did on the top that they did um, serrations, not serrations. They did uh, lines on the top of the slide. So when you look at it, they're, they're kind of like serrations. Um, when you look down the length of the slide, it kind of helps naturally navigate your eye to your front sight post. Uh, those top uh, those top lines or those top serrations on the top of the slide. I like when uh, I like when 1911s do that. I think that's a very, very good idea. I wish more pistols would do that. It's it's I feel just my personal opinion. I feel like it just when they do it, just the width, theirs is a little bit wider, but I feel like when you do those those tops uh those those lines on the top of the top of the slide that are legitimately the width of the rear sight that leads your eye naturally to your front side post, I think that's a really, really good design idea. Um I really like that. I really like that. But everything seemed well built on this firearm, which I'm not surprised because it comes from Cabot. All right. So uh, the base version of the Cabot Guns National Standard Pistol has all the all the all the above described features and options and options is priced at three thousand nine hundred ninety five dollars. So basically four thousand dollar gun. Like I told you. The difference between a six hundred dollar 1911 and a four thousand five thousand dollar 1911 are night and day experiences people i know the price point may seem extravagant but what you're getting on quality and on build quality on how it shoots and on just the overall experience is going to be night and day like it's like the difference between buying a a mustang gt500 and buying a mclaren you know the the Mustang GT five hundred, I think is a little under a hundred thousand, a little bit under a hundred thousand dollars. I think a little under hundred thousand. I think it's like eighty to ninety for the the brand new twenty twenty one, completely gooshed out, Gucci Gucci to the max. Mustang GT five hundred. It's gonna cost you, I think, around eighty or ninety thousand dollars. Fully loaded, might push up to a hundred. Fully loaded. And then you have a McLaren, which is about a million dollar, a million dollar supercar, maybe a little bit under, but McLarens are at least a half a million dollar supercar. Um, the way those two vehicles are going to drive are going to be night and day, even though they're both technically supercars, even though they're both designed for track and all this other stuff, even though, you know, but the way they drive is going to be night and day. Even if we want to leave it, leave it within Ford, it's like buying the difference between 
a Ford GT. A Ford, are they called GT50s? The Ford GT50s? I think it is. They're the Ford supercar, uh, paying tribute to the old old school Lamaze uh, Ford GT40. And comparing it to a comparing it to a Shelby GT500, they're still they're still made by the same company, but the the design and the production and the build quality and everything that goes into it are nine day in comparison. Same concept, same concept. Um, and I think people miss that. And people need to realize that, like Cavett said, they're trying to create the standard for modern day 1911s. And I think they're going to do it here. Uh, it's just a beautiful firearm. They're they're and they're just they're just doing it well. All right. Uh, to finish on with the article, uh, the company also offers a wide variety of upgrade and personalized options for additional costs. You can opt for a DLC slide and frame finish adjustable and trending and rear sights along with adjustable tritium rear sights along with tritium. That doesn't really make any sense. Gold bead or fiber optic front sights. Add an accessory rail threaded barrel, which is nice, extended magwell, ambi safety, and choose from different trigger designs and a variety, a variety of grip options. Uh, for a more detailed description of Cabin Guns National National Standards Pistols, watch the embedded video below. All right. And it leads the link to Cabin. So I will leave a link to this article and to the and to Cabot so you can look at the video if you want to look at it. Um, but like I said, it's a well-made firearm, man. Um, it sounds like, and I like that Cabot said they're trying to create the modern standard for 1911. Now it sucks that that modern standard is four grand, but a person who shot <laughs> very, very expensive 1911s, uh, they're worth their weight in gold now. Can I justify spending that type of money on them? No. Would I spend that type of money on them? Yeah, and it end up being a, a kind of a safe queen in the sense of like, I'm only going to run it when I need to. But I can't really talk because I have a I have $2,000 2011s that I run for competition. So I'm not scared to run the dog shit out of a gun. But it's just uh, I want to have really, no, really much need to run that gun like that. So... That is Cabot's new, oh well, as the article said, they're reintroducing, but Cabot Guns, uh, National Standard Pistol. All right. All right. Give me a second. We're going to head on to our next article, which is going to be, if I remember correctly, it should be a Christensen Arms uh, Modern Precision Pistol. Stand by. All right, moving on to the third topic of the day, we're going to discuss uh, Christensen Arms' new modern precision pistol. Now, uh, Christensen isn't the first company to do this that I know of. I know Q also makes a uh, a pistol version of a bolt action called the Mini Fix. Uh, it's only chambered in 300 back out. When we read this article, we're going to find out Christensen Arms uh, chambers is in a few different calibers and a few different uh, barrel lengths. Uh, for those who don't know, Christian Arms is another um, very well-known and a highly reputable company that makes precision rifles. So old school, old school, what I like to call old school bolt action, but they're modern bolt action rifles, right? And uh, AR-15s, AR pattern, uh, AR-15 platform. So Christian Arms is known for making high-quality products 
reputable for that. That's where the synonym is for. They're all about craftsmanship and design, right? That's what they're all about. Uh, I like Christian's arms. I've also thought about buying one of their bolt action rifles, uh, Jet Stock and 6.5 Creedmoor. I'm trying to remember the name of the one that I want to, I want to potentially purchase. Um, but I don't know. So Christensen Arms is doing this, right? And then also Cube Rifles are doing it with the mini fix. I don't know the reason to have a bolt action rifle and SBR form. I don't understand the person of having a bolt action rifle and a pistol platform size, right? I don't understand the purpose of it. But I think it's cool. I think it's unique. I think it might serve some 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 utilitarian purpose if I put my mind to it and figure out what I could use it for. Excuse me, what I can use it for. But off the top of my dome piece, I don't see the need for a bolt action rifle that I can throw in a bag. You know what I'm saying? At that sense, because that's what it's really forming down into uh, a, a weapon that you can, a bolt action rifle that can be. Oh, well, they're all shoulder fire, but I'm saying like from the standings, more compact than your average, you know, bolt action rifle. Because your average bolt action rifle is going to be anywhere between barrel length wise. I think anywhere that's going to be average between 20 to 26 inches. That's just pretty much, pretty much my average. Because my DMR that I built is a 22 inch barrel. I thought 26 would be too long. I want to make it somewhat, you know, packable, right, in my vehicle. Uh, or in my uh, gun, my my gun safes, not gun safes, but uh, in my hard cases, I don't want to get a stupid long hard case for it. Um, so I settled on 22 inches. Uh, but my research, when I was doing my research for building my DNR, DMR, before I decided to build my bolt action rifle, um, that's the that's the average I became. I found out doing research between twenty to twenty six inches. Uh, for those who doesn't understand what DMR stands for, cause I'm gonna throw it out a lot, and I have been throwing it out a lot so far this in this podcast when I talk about some other stuff. When it came down to Nemo, uh, DMR stands for Designated Marksman Rifle. So Designated Marksman Rifles are good out to. Uh, I know the Mark 12 that we use in the military that shoots 5.56, it's good out to 700 meters. I would say a good DMR rifle is good out to about 700, depending on the caliber, around 800, um, 800 meters. I mean, uh, 700 to 1,000 meters, I should say. I know with that 224 Valkyrie, it was meant to hit over 1,000. I've seen guys, uh, I've seen, I've watched videos of people shoot 224 Valkyrie out to 1,200, 1,500 yards. And hidden steel, um, pretty, uh, pretty, cons- uh, pretty consistently. Only thing about it, when it's going to get out there that far, it's not going to have that much energy upon target. Um, so, um, like I said, I don't understand the purpose why Christians aren't built it. Uh, I think it's pretty cool and interesting. Um, I don't know the scenario that I would use it into. I would use it in, but I could probably find a, I can probably find a, a reason why to use it. And how to use it properly, right? All right, so this article is from me personally. It's from the Loadout blog, uh, and the title states, uh, the, the headline states, Christensen Arms, Re- Christensen Arms releases the new modern precision pistol to the masses. All right, article reads as such. Uh, last week, Christensen Arms released a new bolt action rifle to their lineup. This rifle is unique from Christensen Arms' other offerings, is that it is compact and lightweight bolt action short barrel rifle. 
uh, Christian calls this newly designed rifle the modern precision pistol or PPP for short. Uh, this this purpose built bolt action SBR will serve as an ideal truck gun, backpacking, or backcountry bolt action rifle. That's kind of what I kind of got that from Christensen Arms uh, when I went to their website to learn more about it. That's what they said it's ideal for. Makes sense. I'm not saying that it's not um, an ideal trunk gun for me, which they do chamber this in is 300 blackout. I don't know if I want a bolt action truck gun. That's just me. Backpacking, I could see about it more because you always see videos of people uh, being chased by cougars and mountain lions and all that other stuff and uh, bears and stuff like that not being pursued, but least stalked. Uh, so having that, that would be a good backpack gun uh, or a backcountry bolt action rifle. I can see that also. Backpacking gun, I can see though. Uh, take a pistol. Take a 300 blackout, take something like that, but that would be a pretty cool backpacking gun. I will give them that one. All right, so continuing with the article, the new PPP weighs in at a meager 4.4 to 5.8 pounds. The new bolt gun is chambered in one of four different calibers with a threaded barrel. Those calibers are 300 blackout, 223 Remington, 565 Creedmoor, and 300, not 300. <laughs> 308 Winchester. Uh, the barrel lengths vary from 7.5 inches to 12 inches, depending depending on cal on the caliber you choose for the MMP. I mean, I'm sorry, the MPP. Um, the MPP also features Christensen Arms carbon fire barrel, which is nice. Also included an adjustable side baffle brake and precision machine action action fluted bolt. A 20 MOA optic rail and and a forward mounted rail with an integrated barricade stop that's nice also the chassis rounds it off with a trigger tech flat flex trigger pistol grip qd and m lock attachment points while rocking an sb tactical folding brace for ease of storage all right um so far so good man it seems like a pretty feature packed bolt action for the price point and i like that it's not only chambered in 300 blackout but other calibers so like i said the mini fix by q is only chambered in 300 blackout got nothing wrong with 300 blackout i like 300 blackout is around uh but i like that christian gives you the option of 300 blackout 223 65 308 winchester uh 12.5 i mean 7.5 to 12 inches depending on the caliber you choose so when i went to their website the 7.5 inch was for the 300 blackout. Uh, I think the 223 Remington was anywhere from like 10 to 12. You could get it in. And then the 65 Creedmoor and the Winchester, 308 Winchester was 12. Now, I'm more open to getting a rifle chamber than 65 Creedmoor with a 12-inch barrel. Because then you have a little bit more flexibility on it. Because you can kind of use it as a hunting rifle. Um, yeah, you can use it as a, you can use it as a hunting rifle. You can use it for like hunting deer or uh, deer, you know, deer and stuff like that. Like medium-sized game like that with 6.5 Creedmoor out of a 12.5-inch barrel. Not going to be shooting that far anyway. You know, get, have a good scope on it. You could. You could. It's going to make it a lot more easier to carry. 
um just lugging around a bigger a bigger heavier uh bolt action rifle so in that in that sense i could i could i can i can party with that one all right um to finish off the article christian arms provides a compact and lightweight bolt action uh bolt action short barrel rifle uh with a mpp the new mpp comes in four different calibers and various lengths so you can find a shorty bolt action rifle to fit your specific needs the new modular precision rifle i mean the new modular precision pistol starts at uh two thousand two hundred ninety five dollars msrp for more info on the the mpp please visit christiansonarms.com all right so like i said you're gonna pay a little bit more i was expecting that because it's christian arms and you're gonna get you're gonna get quality over substance which i like i'm all about quality over substance man that's what it's all about uh it's a little pricey but i'm not i wouldn't expect anything from that because you already know you're going to get quality when you're when you're dealing with christians and arms i like that it comes in a few different calibers which is really really dope you're not just stuck to 300 blackout like you are on the mini fix by q um i like it overall man i think it has a lot of potential i think people might actually dig this dig this bolt action uh i'm kind of digging the the six five creed more one but like an optimal truck gun for me is like 300 blackout, uh, a 10 and a half inch 300 blackout, or you can go a little bit shorter, like a nine and a half inch 300 blackout is probably the optimal truck gun. You know what I'm saying? That's probably the optimal truck gun. Put a law tactical full embrace on it and call it a day, man. And then you, then you ready to party dog. You ready to party. But, um, yeah, that's what, that's what I would do with it. But that is the Christians arms. MPP, or also known as the Modern Precision Pistol, uh, stand by. We're going to get into uh, Berga's uh, new competition rifle to wrap it all up. All right, last article of this week's podcast is going to be uh, Bergara's uh, new competition rifle. Now, it seemed like I decided to go completely Gucci this week. On every article I wanted to talk about, or every firearm I wanted to talk about, for some reason this week, <laughs> it's like I'm doing a we're doing Gucci week this week. So this week we're doing we're doing another uh, high quality uh, rifle. This one's going to be a bolt action. It's going to be coming from Bagara. Uh, Bagara is known for for making n- nice, very very nice uh, bolt action rifles for competition for hunting. For whatever you want to use them for, they got you. They got you on lock. All right. Um, I really like their chassis. Um, I heard their uh, their actions are smooth and fluid, like silky smooth. Uh, so that is Bagara. Um, so let me get into the fanciness here. Okay, since we since I decided to be fancy this week, my apologies, everybody. I decided to be fancy this week for for what reason I have no idea. But these were the articles that were popping to me, and as I as I <laughs> as I begin to look over and read everything, I'm I decided just to go expensive this week. I was Gucciing it up. All right, so uh, this article is also from the Firearms Blog. It's called uh, headline is not called the headline for it is new Bagaria per, uh, new Bagaria Premier Competition Rifle, perfect for PRS. All right. According to Bagaria, 
excuse me, their new premier competition rifle is their most accurate and the highest performed production class PRS, PRS rifle uh, that exists. That's a bold claim. That's a gold, gold claim. Uh, PRS stands for uh, pre precision rifle shooting, for those who don't know. Um, I'm pretty sure it stands for precision rifle shooting. Now I'm down myself, but 95% sure it stands for precision rifle shooting. I know if I'm wrong and somebody listening to this who does listen to me will probably tell me that I'm wrong. So touche. Um, I'm human, man. I get stuff wrong sometimes. All right. According to Bagara, uh, their new premier uh, competition rifle is the most accurate and highest performed production class PSR rifle that exists. That's a bold statement, man. I know I just read it twice, but that's a bold statement. All you need is to pair it with your optic zero it and rifle is competition ready right out of the box. Man, uh, this could be quite nice for the upcoming Precision Rifle World Championships 2022. If you use the Arca Swiss Rail before, uh, you know why it's great for you. You know, it's great for great for easy and fast adjustments of course you will find it on a rifle like this focus on P prs style shooting all right it's dope that it's a precision it's it's a precision ready i mean it's a competition ready precision rifle out the box but to say that the only thing you got to do is throw your optic on it you know make sure it's balanced and level zero it and then you can just go run a comp that's pretty crazy man and with the with the arca with the arca swiss rail being able to make those fast adjustments it's dope that's dope man like i know this i i already know before i even get to the price of the point of this rifle it's gonna be an arm and a leg won't be arm and a leg but i like rifles like this i like rifles that are just ready for you out the box i'd rather spend money I'd rather spend a, a a a ton of money just getting a rifle out of the box ready for me, and then instead of paying, instead of trying to be cheapy, cheapy and nickel and dime it. Uh, I learned a long time ago in the firearms industry and buying firearms, it's best to just get what you want from Jump Street, so you don't have anything complaining about afterwards. Cry once, cry once, buy once. Because if you buy something cheaper that you don't want, it's always going to come back to bite you. Um, I've tried to, I wanted to get into building my own uh, bolt action rifle so I can kind of get into precision rifle shooting. Uh, I don't know if I want to do it competitively. I think I just want to do it more for fun, more for fun to have it as a skill set as a shooter and as a person who wants to teach firearms on many different levels and different disciplines. This is something that I need to, I need to be able to do effectively. Um, Here's the press release uh, that they have from uh, Bergara. I'm trying to see if the price is at the end. Actually, it's reasonably priced. I ain't even mad about it. All right, so we finna. <laughs> I ain't even mad about it. It's actually reasonably priced. I would actually buy one of these now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's the. Uh, here's the press release uh, from Bergara. The Premier Series is is as close to a custom as it gets with the standardized features for greater efficiencies in part production and assembly with Bagar's reputation for accuracy. We expect customers to immediately build guns for carpet for the competition circuit. And over the years they have performed well, you don't have to build your own custom Bagar 
precision rifle anymore. The Bagara uh, Premier Competition Rifle is the most accurate and highest performing production class PSR style burger, PSR style burger, Bagara, not burger, Bagara rifle that exists. Paired with your optic of choice, the Bagara, the Bagara Competition Rifle is competition ready right out of the box. The Arco Swiss rail allows for easy and fast adjustments. That's this three-in-one rail has a screw hole for your common camera tripod adapter. The Arco Swiss rails allow allow you to easily slide your gun back and forth. And if you have a Picatinny bipod mounting and adjust adjusting are seamless. And I like Arco rails because it gives you that flexibility. If you need to bring those bipods in because they're going to get out get in your way you need to bring those bipods out or whatever you need to do the arca rail gives you that flexibility to do and i think that's a really ingenious idea whoever designed the arca rails i think you were ahead of the game because i like that that's the problem on ar-15 especially when i do competition shoots i've never shot anything on bipods but if i could uh in a competition shoot but like when i when i'm at the tactical games or whatever and i have a foregrip and the foregrip is getting in the way of me setting the rifle somewhere. If they had like an arco rail setup for AR-15s, where I could move that um <clears throat> that uh, that foregrip back or that foregrip forward to get it out of my way, so I can get a good stable platform with the object that I'm trying to make contact with, would be fucking dope. <laughs> um, it would be it would be pretty dope. Um, that'd be pretty dope. So I like arco rail. Arca Swiss rails. I think they're pretty ingenious. All right. Uh, the MP, the MPABA competition chassis is specifically designed to give shooters a competitive advantage when shooting in long range tactical rifle competitions, such as the PRS. It's uh, also a great option for a variety of of other applications in which accuracy, versatility, adjustable fit, and durability are desired. Our partnership with Trigger Tech, we got a Trigger Tech trigger, and I'm all about it. Our partnership with Trigger Tech was was to create a world class a world class experience for every user of any Bagara rifle, whether in the field or on the competition bench. Our partnership makes use of Trigger Tech's patented frictionless release technology to increase performance and accuracy for the end user by eliminating creep and heavy pull weights. Even in the most rugged condition, it maintains a pr- it maintains its premium performance, delivering greater precision and safety with every shot. Man, the heavier diameter, the heavier diameter stainless steel competition barrel is stiffer, more stable, and doesn't walk as fast after it gets heated up and takes longer to heat up. Bagara's uh, competition rifle is available in most popular production uh, calibers. 6.5 Creedmoor, now shipping. 6 Creedmoor later this summer. All right. That is it. Uh, that is their press release. Now we get into specifications. All right, so weight, 12.7 pounds. She's a heavy She's a heavy boy, all right? Oh, well, he's a heavy boy, I should say. Uh, um. Weight 12.7 pounds, overall length 46 inches, barrel length 26 inches. Going back to prove my point <clears throat> about barrel length, where I said most barrel lengths are usually between 20 to 26 inches. This one's 26 inches on the top side of that, right? Uh, barrel taper number seven, muzzle thread of uh, five, five eighths by 24, uh, five eighths, yeah, five eighths, uh, 
yeah, by 24 magazine, uh, AICS styled uh, detachable magazine, magazine capacity, 10 round mag provided trigger tech, uh, trigger, trigger tech, a uh, finished graphite black Cerakote stock, uh, MPA composite uh, chassis kit B, uh, scope mount, uh, fist rim 10, 700 bases with eight dash 40 screws, integrated QD flush cup, sling mounts in 4N and buckstock, in 4N and buckstock. All right, so the MPA uh, comp chassis uh, kit B, uh, what that is, it's going to give you adjustable length of pull in a cheek riser uh, which, with that stock, which is nice. So I just want to explain that a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, so uh, the 6.5 Creedmoor, continuing with, uh, back to the article. The 6.5 Creedmoor has a 1 in 8 twist. It's now shipping. The 6 Creedmoor has a 1 by a 1 by one one and uh has a one and 7.5 twist will be shipping late summer these rifles are guaranteed to produce groups of one moa or or less at 100 yards with quality factory match rate ammunition now that's with all that's that's pretty much common with all i like how they say sub one and sub and one and lower so it can go sub, it can go one and sub uh, one MOA. That's why I'm trying to get it out, and I said it very, very poorly. My apologies. Uh, obviously, it's going to do that with match rate ammunition. Now, the price point, the MSRP for this, which I thought was going to be ridiculously high, but I was wrong. And Bagara, thank you for this price, twenty five hundred dollars. That is much. That is as much as the Daniel Defense. Uh, Daniel Defense has a Delta Five that's built for competition shooting. A PSR rifle, a PRS rifle that's designed for competition shooting. That is the same price, and that's dope. So it's being market competitive. Uh, I thought this was going to be like a thirty-five hundred dollar rifle. They just told me this rifle is a thousand dollars less than I thought it was going to be. So balling, balling, we fly, no lie, you know this balling. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's uh, that's the deal in steel, man. Because I honestly thought that was going to be a thousand dollars more than it was. I ain't even gonna lie to you. I thought I was going to be a thirty five hundred dollars, thirty five hundred dollar rifle, and they just proved me slap wrong. All right. Um, so I commend them on that situation. So that is uh, Bagara's new uh, premier competition rifle, uh, chambered in 6.5 Creedmoor. Uh, chambered in 6 Creedmoor. I prefer 6.5 Creedmoor. It's going to give you a little bit better ballistic. It's going to have a little bit <clears throat> better uh, ballistic coefficient. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, excuse me. It's going to have a little bit better ballistic coefficient. So I will party with that one, but that's just me personally. I like 6.5 Cream on the round. It would be even doper if they had it in 6.5 PRC, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, just an outstanding rifle from uh, from head to toe, man. Like I said, it seems like I decided to go Gucci this week with uh, all my pistols and rifle options, but I'm a fan of quality over substance, man. Uh, I'm all I'm all I'm all about quality. If you want to give me a quality rifle, I'm all about it, man. And uh, Bagara, Cabot, Christensen. Uh, all of those, all of those guys are going to give you quality rifle setups. 
Yeah, I'm all about it. And Nemo, uh, they're all going to give you quality quality setups, even if it's rifle, pistol, shotgun. They're going to do it. All right. Um, that's about it for this week's episode. We're going to get into my final thoughts and then the closing, and then we'll go from there. All right. So my final thoughts for this week. Um, this week has been an interesting one for the firearms community. Um, I didn't talk about it much, um, but I'll talk about it after I talk about everything else. And it was about the the leak ATF of uh, leak ATF document. But we'll get into that. And in, in, uh, after I talk about everything else we talked about on the podcast. So this week, I just seems like I decided to go uh, Gucci uh, in the sense of all the firearms that I talked about and all the news I wanted to bring up this week were about very expensive firearms, pistols and shotguns. Uh, like I've said before, throughout this whole episode of this podcast, I am a firm believer of quality over substance. Uh, my grandfather used to always tell my mother, uh, buy quality because it lasts. Um, I've she raised me to be that way. Uh, everything that I've I usually purchase in my life, I will spend the extra money uh, on it because I know it's coming from a quality manufacturer or it's, it's, a quali- it's something that's produced with quality and it's going to last. I'd rather pay now more. I would rather pay more now and then pay less later and then have to keep replacing the item. So I'm all about it. So I'm all about uh, I'm all about quality over substance. Uh, I feel like firearms haven't reached their pinnacle yet. I feel like there's a lot of ways we can improve upon firearms. But like I said, I'm a big proponent. And it seems that Neo, uh, Neo Cabot, Christensen and Bagara are all about those things quality over quality over substance nemo's jumping into a field that they've never been into but i feel like they'll be successful as a company uh with the over under shotguns i think christensen arms might be tapping into a market that i didn't know existed because maybe people are looking for a compact easily concealable and easily carrier easily to carry bolt action maybe i'm wrong Maybe there is a market for that. And I don't think Christians and arms would make a weapon without their without them sensing the need for it. Uh, same thing with Q um, with theirs. Uh, Cabot saying they're they're trying to create the standard when it comes to 1911s in the modern day world. Um, I think that's I think that's phenomenal. I I appreciate craftsmanship. Things that are made by hand. Things that have taken time because you get to because they build character in the weapon and they build intricacies. And they they breathe life into these weapons, right? It gives them character that you don't normally see with a Glock 17 or or a Sig or, you know, something like that. Uh, Having that character. Having that, having that, uh, that hands-on touch, it's like getting uh, Hattori Hanzo Steel, man, from Kill Bill. It's like getting the best deal on the market for for your swords. You know what I'm saying? Even when it comes down, and I feel like firearms and swordsmanship share a very strong correlation with each, with each other in a sense of their disciplines of of violence and of warriors. Um, 
they are also of varying quality. And Hattori Hanzo is a real person, but he has been uh, not fictionalized, but uh, his legend has grown due to uh, the, you know, the legends that I've written about him originally and all this other stuff. But uh, kind of getting off topic here with Hattori Hanzo. What I'm trying to say is that even when it came down to Japanese steel, uh, when it came down to the makers of it, you had you had blacksmiths or armors who made who could make a sword to your to your price point essentially if you were a poor samurai you could get a a well-made sword but not it was going to be of the quality of a of a rich samurai but you had to work with what you got right and make the best of it uh, like i said what i'm looking for out of the firearms community, especially when it comes down to like the AR-15 platform, is is more refinement of what's already out there. I know people are always craving for new, new. I want to new this. I want to new that. Everybody likes things new, but once that little that little window of newness wears off, because everybody, it's like getting a new car. When you get a new car, you treat it right. You do everything right. You keep it washed. You keep it clean. Make sure it's tight. You know what I'm saying? You do you you on your P's and Q's. And then once that newness wears off, it's just like any other thing in in your um it's like any other thing you own. Like when you get a brand new phone, oh you gotta treat it, gotta treat it nicely. It's brand new. Then once that wears off, after you drop it a couple times or whatever, you're like, oh whatever. I don't care anymore about it, right? You don't most people don't put that same care into it. Uh so this whole fad about having something new is not really essential to me. I'd rather have something that is refined and quality and well-built that's going to last me that I can pass on to the next generation. So I can pass it on to my son or or my or my daughter if she ever gets into shooting, if I ever have kids, which I would like to have. But I'm just saying, like, I like that. I like that. I like the character of the gun. I like the character of old cars. Like, the difference between the best example between modern firearms and old firearms is like looking at old school muscle cars and supercars of the day. Like old school muscle cars have so much character and class to them. And so much, you know, just. Just I don't know what to say. Je ne sais quoi. I don't know, but it just has just has so much life and character to them. And they just speak to you and the lines on them and the history behind them. It just it hits you a different way than a modern pistol does. Yeah, Glock 17 going to get a job done, but it ain't nothing sexier than shooting a well-refined old school 1911. It's nothing better, man. It's nothing better. It's just nothing better because you can see the craftsmanship and quality to it. It's pretty dope. All right, so that's pretty much my rant about why I like quality versus substance, and about my the reason why Gucci is Gucci is necessary because uh, Gucci is necessary. So I always get to buy high quality stuff because you know it's gonna last. Um, like I said, Cabot, Christensen, Nemo, Bagara, they're gonna make quality firearms, and they're gonna be worth your time and your attention. All right, um, those are my final thoughts. Buy quality, not quantity. By quality, 
not substance. Um, last part I'm going to discuss here before we close out the podcast or what's coming for the podcast in the future. I think I'm going to start season two. I want to explain what season two is going to look like. It's going to be a redux of some some things of season one, but I'll explain here in a moment. Stand by. All right, so uh, the actual final, final part of this podcast is going to be a quick uh, summation of what I plan for season two. So now, like I was saying, season two of this podcast is going to be a redux of some old things. So when I originally started this podcast, it was more of me trying to get more shooters into the community, trying to talk to new shooters, engage with old shooters, and just talk about firearms, man, because I love firearms. And I kind of missed that, right? Uh, I kind of started doing kind of like what people do on YouTube where they just talk about the news. And I kind of just did it on a weekly basis about a few articles that I enjoy. But I think that's kind of boring and lifeless. And I think that's why a lot of people aren't really listening to the podcast that much because they don't really want news. Uh, podcasts are more about opinion-based opinion-based stuff, you know, getting your thoughts and feelings out there about, you know, your passions and, and your passions and your hobbies and stuff like that. So I'm going to do that more. Uh, I'm really passionate about firearms, so I'm going to talk more about firearms. What I mean by that, I remember one of the first episodes I did, which is going to be a Redux episode that I did, was talking about uh, uh, things that first-time buyers need to think about when they're buying firearms and top five pistols for first-time uh, uh, gun buyers. Uh, I'm going to talk about that. We're going to talk about rifles, rifles I like and I don't like. We're going to talk about uh, plate carriers. We're going We're going to talk about nine mil versus 45 i'm gonna try to have guests on i'm gonna actually do my due diligence try to get some guests on here and talk about some knives and guns and tactical stuff we're just gonna be more all well-rounded give you more entertainment stuff too we're gonna talk about video games and movies and firearms and guns from an entertainment aspect so we're just gonna cover the whole gambit of stuff it's gonna be more this i plan on having more personality uh than just giving you the news uh, I think that's what people are more looking looking for on that situation. They're looking forward to be informative yet fun. And I think I can do that. I think I have the capability to do that. I think I missed the mark on it a little bit because I was trying to get my feet wet and try to figure out what this podcast needed to be. Now I know what this podcast needs to be. I'm going to start doing that. If people like it, love it or hate it, hey, man, I really don't care. It's not really, you know what I'm saying? People are going to. Uh, people are going to be people. people. Some people are going to like it. Some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it, man. It just is what it is. Uh, I just do this mainly for me and mainly for the community so the community can enjoy it. So if that happens and only 100 people listen to this podcast, and I will continue doing it for the 100 people. As of right now, there's only like 18 people that listen to this podcast. There's only 18 active listeners that listen to this podcast on a regular basis. For those 18 people that listen to this podcast on a regular basis, thank you. I appreciate you. Um, if I can get into thousands of people listening to this podcast, that'd be awesome. Uh, I just love firearms and I want to share that love with everybody else. And I want to, uh, put firearms in a different light for, for not just our community, but just for people outside of our community. And that's important to me. So we're going to kind of refresh and revamp season two. Like I said, going to be a redux on a couple of things. But we're going to get we're going to get in on that grind on it. OK, and uh, we're going to start doing some things differently around here. All right. So that's what's coming for season two. So 12 episodes a part of season one, just trying to fill it all out. Now we get into season two and we're going to make this. We're going to start running. 
All right, ladies and gents, you guys have a wonderful day. Stand by for the outro. That about wraps it up for this episode of The Gear Room. We covered a lot of content on this week's episode. Today, I discussed Nemo Arms entry into the shotgun market, Cabot Guns National Standard Pistol, Christensen Arms Modern Precision Pistol, and Bagara's new competition rifle. As always, links will be in the description below. This is your boy Drew from The Gear Room. And until next time, peace.